Welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. We're back. It's another week. We're serving you some more mental health, wellness, hygiene, and we are joined with an amazing guest. I'm so excited to have you here. I know we've worked with each other before, but I don't think it's been on the podcast. So before you jump on and I introduce you, um, just a little bit of background of like what I know, and I obviously want to know more. Um, first and foremost, Sharika. Do you prefer um, Shuri, Sharika? Like, what do you prefer to go by? Um, either is okay, but Sherry's better. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll call you Sherry. Um, and so you're an educator. You're doing a master's in education, with a, which is what we were talking about right before this. And I think that's really really, really interesting considering the topic we're going to be discussing. And um, I'll explain why as well. But you're also a host of a Instagram show discussion panel called Pillow Talk that looks at relationships and sex. And you said something before we got on of how they're polar opposites. And I do agree. But I also wanted to note that while you were saying that, I was thinking, we learn like our blueprint to sex relationships everything love is really comes from like our early years of like education so it's so interesting how like you occupy both spaces but yeah I want to know more about you um what else can you share with us um yeah so you did a great job kind of like introducing me a bit but I guess I can extend it by Mm -hmm. saying Yeah, so I've been doing Pillow Talk, I want to say, like, officially branded on my social media for a little bit over a year now. Um, So I host it Monday and Thursdays, and I kind of um, try to create a space for people to engage in dialogue around sex, love, intimacy, and relationships. So I try to, like, um, uncover very taboo topics and things that people, like, usually don't want to talk about um, or are uncomfortable with with talking about and I give them the opportunity to share anonymously so um, I think it creates kind of a community of sharers and learners because of the fact that you know people get to share people get to get things off of their chest and they also get to read and kind of connect with others um, through this space so um, yeah I've been doing that for a while as of recent the last couple of weeks I've been also like sharing dating and relationship tips based on my like experience um like through reels and stuff so I'm kind of trying to make like dating and relationship education more accessible to people um obviously most of us like you said learn about dating and relationships through our early years interactions with their parents and maybe even um popular media movies things like that so um, I feel like it's a little bit limited. So like, I feel like most of us as, as adults are still struggling through dating. Um, and yeah, I just kind of want to normalize dating education, relationship education, discussion, learning. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I love that, I love that so much. There's such a like um, a power around women reclaiming like sexuality and discussing um, relationship dynamics and from my knowledge, and I'm probably wrong, 
the only person that I know who's occupied that space um, other than like Shan Udram is like, I really don't know who else actively talks about these taboo topics in popular culture. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong, but that's like the only person I can think of. So there's definitely a need for it. Definitely a need for representation. And I know for a fact, like I'll watch her, like, her videos because these are real life questions that I'd be googling in the middle of the night like yeah <laughs> like real well, life passion for this started I remember when I was like in my early like dating years like 17 18 every time I used to be like how to know if your man is cheating on you how to know if your man loves you like all of these things like I would actually be googling these things because I'm like I didn't know and like you know I didn't feel comfortable with asking my parents because it was just an uncomfortable conversation to have with parents so you know, I, I do see that there is the need. And even in adulthood, like even in your late 20s, still people are still struggling through relationships. So um, I think there's power in being able to share with one another and kind of like find commonalities with others. Because, you know, if you see like, okay, everyone else is struggling through the same thing, you don't feel as like bad about your struggles in dating. Um, and you also get to like ask how other people um, deal with their situation so I feel like it's a like a very like the space that I creates a very like raw and authentic approach to dating education like it's not like this you know step-by-step -step manual like you know this is how you get a certain partner this is how you get that guy to like you it's very much like let's all have a discussion about it what tips have worked for you like you know if we hear like there's a commonality between men or like all men in the space are saying the same thing i would hope that women say okay 10 men have said this is what they like in women so maybe there's a theme or maybe there's a trend here let's pay extra close attention to that and i feel like a lot of my learning about dating and relationships have come from like informal interviews with men and women like i have girl talk with my friends and then we all have like the common thing like you know why do like why do we all keep talking to fuck boys why do we keep talking to this kind of like same profile of men and then we realize okay there's a commonality here and when there's a commonality then you realize it's something worth like looking at or considering more type thing so yeah it's like I don't know I, I feel like it's just like a raw kind of space where we just learn from one another and it makes yeah. it all all the more amazing I love that so much and I think everyone is interested in this topic regardless if they say it or not Mm -hmm. our biggest like craving as humans is to connect with each other mm -hmm. so understanding how to connect and how to connect better in a way that is healthy is always a, a human like need um obviously that's why I I love psychology and I love psychology of relationships I did um I was I did um courses in it I also was in a psychology of relationship lab. Like I, I literally have worked around this because I think it's so fascinating. Um, but before we go into like the actual juicy stuff and the combo and the questions, um, I do have a little icebreaker for you. Um, and I was literally laying down. I was like trying to take a nap and I'm like, what is, what is the icebreaker that I want to ask her? Um, and I think just because we're kind of in this like quarantine funk, uh, I've been trying to find things that I guess almost just bring me joy and I wanted to know what is your feel-good movie show or song hmm feel-good movie show or song 
Um, well, right now, I want to say the song Over Now by The Weeknd, mm. just because it's a little bit relevant. Like, I recently left the toxic relationship, so I've been bumping that song, like, daily, because it kind of just makes you feel good about moving on from someone that you once cared about. So mm. that song definitely has made me feel good. And, like, just with the new year and everything, like, I just feel, yeah, really good. <laughs> no. Morning. I, on <sighs> The weekend. Honestly, when it comes to like going through like the feels, there's nothing like finding a song that just resonates with exactly how you're feeling. It's just like a different type of like validation. I don't know, but I feel that. Um, Ironically, I don't know how I stumbled on this song, but I can say, okay, if someone disagrees that this is not a feel good song, I actually don't know, but um, you know, Beautiful Soul by Jesse McCartney. This is the one that goes, I don't want to hide another way. Yeah. Beautiful <laughs> Why did I randomly find that song? And I was literally screaming it in the shower. Like, I knew all the lyrics. I'm like, Yo, where is this coming from? Like, 13-year-old me was, like, living her best life. Um but yeah, that I don't know why that brought me so much joy. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, that's that's kind of where that whole question came from. Um, but yeah, okay. So as most people have noticed, either from the topic of the, uh, or like the title of the podcast, or even just what we were talking about previously, I'm so interested in picking your brain and understanding your views on dating during a pandemic Mm -hmm. it's it's actually so relevant and really I think moving forward what will be normal is going to be a whole new norm so just kind of dissecting that is going to be really interesting um but I guess before we even tap into that I I kind of I don't even think I've asked you where did your whole um, passion for discussing relationships start? Um, well, it started, honestly, I want to say like at 17, like I remember being 17 and having my first heartbreak and like being in a state of confusion, um, resentment, hurt, and not knowing, you know, not knowing how to cope and understand the feelings that I was experiencing at that time. And I remember like, I have this book somewhere. I can't remember where it is now, but I remember being 17 and starting a book then, like literally the feelings that I was going through, I started writing them down. Um, And I was like writing down like very toxic mentality at that time, like, because I was hurt. Right. So I was in a state of like resentment against the person that had hurt me, but I had like all these very like manipulative, manipulative, like, techniques for like dating so it was like you know never give your gut your like partner your full heart like you always have to um like make sure that you're one step ahead of your partner like that's how I was thinking at 17 and the reason being is because when I was in that hurt state I didn't have anyone to turn to to help me heal through it so what I turned to was books and I started reading like 48 Laws of Power and like Art of Seduction which are very Machiavellian um like they give very Machiavellian strategies for like dating with dominance. So I started like reading that and it was very much like, you know, this is how you like 
maintain superiority in dating. It wasn't about love because I was like, fuck love. Like I tried to love. I tried to give my whole heart and I was betrayed and hurt. So I was like, no, I need to find out how to maintain control, composure and like strength in dating. So essentially, yeah, that's where the passion came from. I think my first book that ever helped me with understanding relationships was 48 Laws of Power. And then from there, I kind of like, yeah, just, I had like a very toxic streak where I was like accessing books and information that kind of confirmed that toxicity that I was already thinking. Um, and then, yeah, from there, continue to date, continue to experience different things. And then I kind of like branched out to different books. Like I was always just connected to different books around dating, um, reading things online, um, like psychology today, just like, you know, learning about narcissistic behavior, self-sabotage, like trying to understand the feelings that were in within myself. I just like reached out to the internet. Um, and yeah, like, from there like it just continued and then I started to actually like do field research kind of like I would actually just like connect with like my male friends and my female friends and like ask them like their views and inputs like you know what makes a superior partner to you like you know how would you deal with like infidelity like what do you do when somebody cheats on you and I would ask people that question like different people and I would kind of find like common themes against like around men like common themes within women and like you know, kind of make like assumptions based on that, like men kind of operate in this way around this topic and women operate in this way again, um, within this topic. And then I started bringing it to Instagram, like, do you agree? Like, you know, women say like, they're more likely to forgive a man that if they truly love them after them cheating on them, do you agree? Right. And I would find like, you know, there is a, like common commonalities. So um, yeah, it was just, honestly it came from 17 so it's been 10 years that I've been in like in this kind of like exploration about relationships I love that you know it's I feel like it's so relevant because a lot of us experience our first like I guess realization of how impactful relationships are when we first feel our first heartbreak and usually it's within that age age range like 17 to like 22 like you know early like late teens early 20s um and same I think even just my journey with psychology and mental health stemmed from like a relationship and then me not understanding the world after it ended and I was like okay I have no idea what this experience is not what I signed up for um so super relatable and something about the 48 Laws of Power, um, I've never read it. It's I have it. It's so dense. I'm so, like, overwhelmed. But there's this, I guess I would call him a dating coach. I use that term lightly. Um, so he's literally this crusty, dusty guy on YouTube that I watch. And he used to, like, well, he still does it. But he gives out, like, dating advice for girls from a man's perspective and he always references the 48 laws of power but his advice you said something about superiority in dating versus love and majority of the time that's the end result that he's kind of teaching it's never love-based it's very much about like how to not get played and that translates so much to just how our generation operates when it comes to relationships now it's never about love or partnership it's really like let's play a game. 
and I'm trying to win the game and the winner is the person who doesn't get hurt the most. Like it's actually, it does not make sense, but it also makes sense because I'm in it. So um, I, I, I think it's so interesting. I'm still curious to read the 48 laws of power just in general, but um, my recommendation is to tread lightly with that book and just be careful because everything you internalize, it kind of like everything you read, you internalize and it, even if you're not even aware of it, it becomes like, it, it leaves like a, a, an unconscious imprint mm-hmm. on your mentality and how you perceive the world. Because mm-hmm. I had to like untrain myself out of that mindset. Like I literally went in a toxic phase where I was like okay meet a new guy like you know I'm gonna like and I was very intentional about the toxicity like I was like okay so I'm gonna meet him I'm gonna be like all over him very very flirty and then I'm gonna withdraw all attention yeah I'm gonna feed it to him again and I'm gonna take it away you know and I would do that purposely because of this whole like 48 laws of power and like all of those type of books like that are about manipulation and superiority like I was like it's fun like it's exciting to be the more like dominant person and that's how I used to look at love it used to be like there's always one person that is more invested emotionally and there's one person that is less invested and the person that is less invested is usually the one that maintains the superiority and is the one that wins in the relationship so I kind of had that mentality the entire time I didn't want to be the the victim because that's what I was right Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people that gravitate towards those books are people that were victims right because they're trying to gain their sense of superiority and power back again um so yeah again tread lightly with the book um you know you can read it from a lens of this is how I can protect myself like giving you like an extra layer of awareness when you're dating right because I think a lot of women too are unaware in dating so they'll go in and they'll be like okay like you know this man is um he's showering me with attention he is you know buying me gifts he is um you know telling me how beautiful I am how pretty I am that he's never met a woman like like me right and they think oh my god like he's so nice. He's perfect. Like about to be the future hubby, but they don't know that that is love bombing. Like, you know, they don't know that that's a manipulation technique or, or something like, um, a lot of men when, or not just men, but women too, when people are, um, guilty of something quite often, they will go into a state of like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, you're the only person that I care about, blah, 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 da, da, da. like, they go on a rampage of like apologies and stuff. And they don't know that even that's a, a manipulation technique. Like, I used to have an ex that every time he would do something wrong, he would just go and say, I'm so stupid. I'm so sorry. How could I mess up with you? Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do better. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, women that are not aware, they're like, okay, he said he's going to change. And then repeats the same cycle right so it's like I think 48 laws of power is great in that respect as it makes you more aware of manipulation as it happens in front of you but yeah tread lightly in terms of like yeah internalizing it don't read it in a place of like um powerlessness because you will kind of take those techniques and try to use it as a means of like dominating and maintaining superiority over your partner and yeah, I, 
I kind of like try to be mindful of how I give my dating techniques because a lot of them do have just a hint of the Machiavellian, like, um, I guess like the Machiavellian, like 48 laws of power vibe. Like it's very much like, you know, in order to get people to like you, like, you know, I have a little bit of like love bombing. Like I remember one of the contents that I, I put out there was like, if, if you want someone to like you, tell them how much you like them. Tell them how much you like them, right? And I'm like, that's kind of love bomby, you know, a little bit. So, um, I mean, my content still is a little bit influenced by 48 Laws of Power, but I try not to make it too much about, like, maintaining control and making it too much of a game. It's just more so, like, I don't know, just to date with dom dominance. But it's, it's a hard line to draw, you know? It is, because... Part of me, I'm like, uh, yeah, I want superiority. Yeah, I want to win. But that's the toxic side of me. Like, I totally understand. Yeah. But this literally just off the top of my head, I'm just curious. Like, you said you try not to use that anymore. So what have you done or what would you recommend is a healthier approach to dating? Um, hmm, healthier. So honestly, I feel like my current approach is still like a little bit, it's like a mixture. So it's a mixture of like, um, like it's a mixture of like the, I guess, 48 laws of power style, like technique mm -hmm. and also giving love. So if I'm like interested in the person, like I still will, you know, shower them with love, like not in a love bombing type of way, but like genuinely, like if I like them, like I will go out of my way for them. You know, I will show them, I will tell them all of those things that like I'm interested in all that. But I also still feel like I, like I tried to like, I guess withdraw a little bit, like, you know, like maintain my, what's the word I'm looking for? Maintain my allure. So that is something that I still do intentionally. Like, I don't want to be the girl that is just showering a man with gifts and I'm being so bad. Like, what are you doing all the time? Like, so I do kind of have that balance where I will be a hundred percent invested in them, but I still will kind of pull back a little bit. And I feel mm -hmm. like that always kind of like helps me in dating a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit of both. That's interesting. I love that. I'm literally still learning or unlearning, actually. I would almost look at it as, like, unlearning. Yeah. Traits and things that either society has taught me or that I intuitively want to do when it comes to dating. Um, yeah. And I think that balance is really important, um, at least in the beginning phases when you're establishing boundaries and you're establishing, like, a dynamic with someone I think you know the not going 100% in is important but also you know staying authentic and not viewing it as a game because in the long run like if you're playing a game you're gonna get that type of result like it's just, yeah. you're gonna get played I feel like or not played but you're selling yourself short of an experience but I do agree with the you know just feeling it out not 100% like going all in but you know I think that balance is still good like there is a reason why that train of thinking the 48 laws of power exists um but I think when done it, doing it with the right intentions kind of how you said is yeah really and I feel like if you're like transparent like it's not like I'm out here like yeah I'm gonna play this guy and yeah. whatever like I I use the techniques I feel like I use the techniques and I'm very transparent about it like for example um 
one thing that I feel like I kind of preach to all my female friends and like whatever is like like I try to like educate women about like dating and navigating this topic of sex because I feel like a lot of like younger women especially like they don't know they're like still like not confident about how to navigate sex like they might meet someone they might be interested in 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 that person and the guy might be pressuring sex and they might be like okay I like him so I'll have sex with him and I try to create this awareness like girl you don't have to have sex with anyone you don't want to like if you're not ready tell the guy and like that's kind of how I am like and I notice like I've tried it, you know, I try different things, but like I've noticed when I've tried like to be transparent with men, like, hey, I really like your vibe. I'm totally into you, but I'm setting the boundary. Like we're not having sex because I don't know you. The guys are still more intrigued. Like they're so much more into you. So I try to kind of like give that knowledge to women, like girls, you don't have to give yourself up to a guy if you're not ready. Like obviously if the first night, like you're in the vibes and you want to have sex, have sex, but like, Mm -hmm. don't ever feel compelled to because the guy makes it seem like, oh, you know, we're chilling on the late night. So like, what are you trying to do type vibe? Like, no, tell him I'm trying to chill and that's it. Like, you know, and it's okay. Like, I honestly feel like, like the guys that I've made wait, not made weight, but the guys that like we've ended up waiting ended up liking me more, right? Yeah. Because they see that you're able to like, you know, you're in control of your body. You don't allow other men to define or or women, men or women to define when you decide to give up your body, you are in control mm-hmm. of that type of thing. So I feel like, yeah, like all of those ideas kind of were influenced by the 48 laws of power and even um like, I kind of want to teach, like, women that, yeah, you're in control of your body, and you're in control of your life, too, like, mm-hmm. I literally, like, low-key demand the way I want to be treated, like, when I meet guys, like, I'm, like, so, like, you know, for the first date, like, where would you like to go for dinner, like, I'm already speaking it into existence, and if they're, like, oh, I'm trying to chill at the base, I'm, like, selectively, like, can't hear, because I'm, like, <laughs> what do you mean chill at the base? Like, it's not even something that exists in my vocabulary. So I want girls to get to that place where they're just like, like, I'm not even hearing you when you tell me like, you're trying to come to the late night booty call. Like it doesn't exist in my vocabulary. It's not something that I even speak about. If you're trying to pursue me, approach me like a woman, like, you know, and I want women to be like that. Cause that's literally how I am. And I feel like it works. Like men, at that point, men have to make a decision. Like, if I want this girl, is she worth it for me to now spend my money and like, you know, put, you know, put the effort forth required to go on a date or is she not? And I just feel like that would allow women to weed out the guys that are not worth their time, you know, mm-hmm. set that expectation high from the beginning. And if the guy's not willing to do it next, find somebody that will, because there's 10 other guys lined up, right? I feel like women, sometimes they lower their standards because they feel like, oh my God, this guy's so sexy. I really like him, blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do the, the Netflix and chill experience with him, but like, I really want him. So I will. And I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, even if I really want you next, if you're not trying to take me where I want to go, then we're not doing it, (laughs) period, you know? So just kind of, and I don't feel that it's like, I don't feel that it's like I'm being high maintenance or anything. Like, I just feel like that's my vibe. And if you don't want it, 
then there's many girls that will be willing to do the Netflix and chill with you. Just not me. Yeah. You know? That's so, that's yeah. Like, most to be like that. Like, just, mm-hmm. yeah. This is who I am. This is my expectation. Mm-hmm. These are my boundaries. If you're not willing to, to like, you know, adhere to them, then mm-hmm. no problem. You're just not going to have me. Yeah. You know? So we're not posting men out here to be any type of way. Like you have the choice as a man, mm. how you want to approach me. So you make that choice. Mm. I love that. My boundaries, my expectations to accommodate for you. Right. I love that so much. Um, I, I think, I think I could definitely say I approach dating in a, in a similar sense. Um, I always look at it as like, I never look at it as, me setting the boundary because I want them to be because of them if anything I'm setting that boundary for myself so I'm setting boundaries based off of what I'm comfortable with if you're not cool with it it's just a filter of like who not and then I also think um and honestly this is literally just for me specifically I think everyone works different but I always look at it like something that is built through investment and through um, like gradual like work tends to be something you value more right so when a man is invest and you're forcing him to invest and work for that investment he will start appreciating and look at it with that level of respect because now he's invested part of him and I also think people are just attracted to people who are confident so yeah. you're confident with your boundaries, regardless of what that boundary looks like, yeah. people will love it. And I just think that that's kind of a mixture of why that works. Um, yeah, and yeah. men men will literally tell you, like, you know, you would think that, like, if you tell a guy, hey, come chill at my house, but we're not having sex, you would think that he'd be like, oh, like, okay, I don't want to come. But, like, literally the amount of guys that I've said, like, yeah, I would love to chill with you, but, like, I'm not comfortable with having sex with you, so I'm setting that boundary. Are you okay with it? Like, guys would be like, oh, my gosh, wow. Like, that's such a change. I'm not used to that. Like, yeah, I'm still coming. I love that. Amazing that you set that boundary for me. Like, men will praise the boundaries that you set. You know, they're used to, like, a lot of men are used to, like, going to a girl's house and she's putting out on the first night. And mm-hmm. not to say there's anything wrong with that. If that's what you want, if you're looking for sex with a guy on the first night, then by all means, do it. But a lot of guys are used to girls that are not looking for sex on the first night, but still give it up regardless because they don't feel, you know, confident enough in their boundaries and what they expect or are comfortable with for themselves. So yeah. a man will recognize when you are confident in yourself and you're confident enough in setting that boundary for him and they will appreciate him they'll usually tell you how much they appreciate like they're like how long you want me to wait like I'll wait I'll wait it makes me feel like okay like whatever you're keeping from me like it it really has value like I want to know what do you got a a pot of gold between those legs okay I'm here like you know so trust me yeah I love that. I actually love that. That is, honestly, I see you. I see you and understand. Um, You know, it's funny. So we're talking about like dating and, you know, setting boundaries and not coming to the base and, you know, just chilling like Netflix and chill for the first date. But because it's a whole panorama outside, there's not many options. Plus we live in Canada. So outside is just not a thing. Um, 
do you think dating, like actively dating, not being in a relationship, like actively dating is worth it during these times? Um, Actively dating. Okay, first I want to define what you mean by dating. Is it kind of like, you know, like just you're dating more than one person, getting like kind of getting to know different people or is it like you're focusing on one person and you're like, like continuously seeing that one that's person? That's a good question. So... That's actually a really good question. And it actually brings up the whole conversation of like, I feel like we use talking as like what dating really was, if that makes sense. Like we say, oh, I'm talking to this person. No, you're you're dating, like you're getting to know someone. Mm-hmm. And then, because we'll say dating, no, we'll say talking, then dating, right? Mm-hmm. But the difference between, I guess, a relationship and that is the exclusivity part. But you can still be dating someone, not be in a relationship and be exclusive to them. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm saying, honestly, it depends on the person. With me, I struggle with doing the multiple. Like, I will literally want to. I'll be like, you know, we're not going to put our eggs in one basket. And then I'm like, how did I get here? Like, why am I only talking to the same person? over and over again and that's something that I have to like just learn but um I guess just single and trying to meet new people we'll we'll say that is dating yeah honestly I feel like it's worth it and it, it actually it kind of challenges you to find more creative ways to date mm-hmm. right it's not like it's not me I'm the person that like on the first day I always want to go to the restaurant because I love food but like now that restaurants are closed I have to find more creative ways to get to know somebody um somebody new right so it's like are you going to take the time especially as a guy too I feel like like if you're trying to pursue a woman Mm. then it kind of forces you to be even more creative than you once were. Like you can't take her to a restaurant, do the easy like movie day or whatever. Like you got to think like, let's go for a brisk walk outside or let's go rollerblading on like a, one of the more sunnier days. Or, I like let, um, let's like, I don't know, like what else is there to do? Like you got to really be creative. So mm-hmm. it, it honestly would impress me even more like to see it, how, how creative a guy can be with trying to approach me during a pandemic right um and also I think it's good I mean it can be it can be like challenging or it can be um what's the word I'm looking for dating during a pandemic can be something that you have to be more aware of because of the fact that we're all struggling with loneliness depression Mm -hmm. like all of our demons are coming out now because we're not busy with our usual work or expectations that we usually have that usually would have drowned out all of those like negative things that we deal with so a lot of times people are resorting to dating as a means of coping with the kind of like I guess their vices or things that they're struggling with right so if it's in that respect I say no to it we don't want to use dating as a means to fill void Mm -hmm. but I mean if your voids are filled and you're just genuinely like looking for like genuine connection with others then I think there's a good way to navigate it and it kind of like forces you know creativity and stuff when you're trying to date so yeah I'm into it I am dating during the pandemic for sure I did try to like talk to multiple guys at once um and it's 
honestly, it's hard. Like, I... I just don't have the attention and energy. Yeah, I don't have the attention span. Honestly, it was my first time, like, during the pandemic was my first time, like, entertaining or talking to more than one guy at once. Um, and it was actually kind of fun. Like, I was like, wow, it feels great to be waking up to, like, four good morning texts. Like, like, it feels great to be, like, desired by four different guys. Mm-hmm. Um and especially when you have like four different people that you're interested in as a woman if you're able to have four guys that you're not having sex with mm-hmm. it even like makes the experience so much more empowering because those guys want you even more so you got like four yeah highly like interested men because they're like oh my god like what what about this girl like you know why is she not like putting out like why is she making me work so hard so you have like four guys that are super duper interested because you're not giving any of them sex and usually that's guys are initially attracted to you because of sexual like Mm -hmm. desire right so if you're telling them like no 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 you've got like four hungry dogs after you basically you know so (laughs) I mean it was lit but like then I met somebody that I actually like so I had to cut all the other ones off um so yeah, like I mean, dating in the pandemic is cool. I, like I like it, but just don't use it to fill fill a void. I agree. I agree. I think um, learning the difference between um, being comfortable alone and feeling lonely are two different things. I think using the pandemic to really dive into your demons is important. Um, yeah. And really understanding like what do you want, what do you not want, what do I want to learn about myself and change and, you know, bring into the next relationship? What do I want to leave out? Um, and that's kind of like the work I did in 2020 was just really understanding like, okay, where are my traumas? How can I heal them? What do I want to learn from my previous relationships? But what do I not want to bring into the next ones and repeat and patterns and um, all that? But you can only do so much work alone, I think once you've hit a point, it's now important to do it actively and learn and see like, okay, when I do talk to people, how am I going to be triggered when my emotions are at play? So I think it's good to do work alone, but it's also important to start putting, I guess, your guard down and being vulnerable in those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I would say, yeah, no, the, the talking to multiple guys, I think, I remember that feeling. I think I was like in university and I just felt like, I was like, yo, this is, this is lovely. Yeah. Text. Oh, people bringing me food every day of the week. I get to drive whenever I want. Like, <laughs> I love this. On Monday, like homie's bringing you food. On Tuesday, the next guy's like shipping something to your house as a little small gift because he's into you. Wednesday, like you're getting a morning text, like a you know, a nice passage in the morning, motivational passage from guy number three, like, it's amazing, you know, but honestly, like, I can only talk to multiple guys if I'm not having sex with other, like, any of them, because I feel like as soon as I engage in, like, a sexual relationship with any one of them, I'm no longer interested in the others, like, I'm trying to be into you, right, right, and, like, I feel like introducing sex into the equation kind of, like, it adds an extra layer of connectivity to that one person so I don't know I I'm not a person that can like engage in like like date and then like have sex with yeah. more than one guys I just feel like it confuses me and it just kind of 
it's not even like I'm purposely saying like, oh, I want to be with one guy. Naturally, my body only gravitates to the one I'm having sex with. So all the other ones just magically disappear. Oh, um, that's so interesting that you said, sorry to cut you off. What I'm learning is the more you learn about yourself and how you are in relationships and just how what you're, I guess everyone has a threshold, right? With attachment and intimacy. And I, I never understood why I attached a certain way or like why I was okay, why, why I was so quick to, you know, once I really like someone, I hit a certain threshold. I'm like, okay, I can't do this talking to multiple people, but up to a point I can. So it's interesting that you say that because I always used to look and think something was wrong with me. I was like, oh my God, do I have like, am I just a softie? But I think there's just some women and some men who are able to, you know, have a larger threshold and, you know, be in multiple intimate relationships. And then there's some where it's like, that is their, their, their boundary, but they're able to do the like, talking and stuff. So I think that's interesting. But, and I know that too, like, be, like you said, like when you gain that awareness, you know how to operate in the relationships um, a lot better because, because I know that when I engage in sexual relations with a guy, I automatically become more connected to that guy. That's why I don't be having sex with any of them because I'm like, I'm not ready to lose my roster. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to talk to four guys, so I can't have sex with any of you guys mm-hmm. because I'm going to not want to talk to any guys. And what I want right now is to be like, like exploring my options but the minute when I'm like okay I'm done exploring my options like I'm liking this one and I want to like engage in a deeper sexual connection with him then I'm already mentally preparing to lose the roster Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so um I feel like that awareness is very very important because it kind of like prepares you to know how to operate in your relations with yeah no, that's and set real expectations of understanding like your emotions, how you, I guess, just navigate um, in intimacy, dating, and love. Um, I guess my question would be: I'm assuming you're. I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if you're actively dating, but I, just from like a, a relationship um, and love and intimacy perspective, how would you? what would you say to individuals who are trying to meet new people? Because that's also a real obstacle other than just like where it's like, how am I meeting new people? You know, it, it really comes down to like technology and dating apps and Instagram and DMs, like, you know, so I just want um, So I would say right now during the pandemic, I mean, like a lot of, uh, there's been like a lot of opportunities or like creative opportunities to meet um, people that never existed before the pandemic. So like if you go on Eventbrite, there's like a lot of speed dating events that you can actually sign up for. Um, I know like on Clubhouse, they have like uh, different events. Like, I don't know what it, what exactly it was called, but someone I follow had like, um, like a travel bay type event where like you would kind of like do a little spiel about yourself and then like if there was someone that was interested in you like even if they were in another country they like you would be encouraged to connect with them and like chat with them um so there's different speed dating there's like clubhouse events like Mm -hmm. even just like building that confidence to slide in someone's dm that you like like I've always like been a girl that was waiting for men to approach me and like you know just like waiting like I send a telepathic thought and if they don't get it then too bad (laughs) 
yeah it's like I'll like three pictures and that's my sign so you know so but like a lot of men do appreciate when when women approach them and like reach out to them if they're interested so I've done that a couple of times like in the last year um like I've messaged guys and said like you're cute like I like you you know like I like your vibe and like engaged in conversations with them so I just feel like you kind of have to be more active right now. Like, it's not like you can just be at the party and a guy just sees you, thinks you're beautiful and wants to talk to you. Like there's not, there's not no opportunities like that. So you have to kind of like take that initiative more to like reach out to people on Insta, engage in convos. Um, and yeah, if you're on a dating app, that works too. But I mean, I don't really like dating apps. I've tried them and I just feel like the, the, dating pool is pretty crap there like it's just like not not the best looking or not like the I don't know you have it's to swipe not through, like, me yeah you have to date like swipe through like a million guys just to find one guy that you like remotely like so it's kind of the waste of time like I think Instagram is the best way to be honest I literally but honestly I'll be real with you like every time I've ever downloaded them it was literally for less than like half an hour and then I'm like I can't do this <laughs> Oh, yeah it's like it's kind of disappointing but mm -hmm. um, okay. Instagram, Instagram is like a great way to meet people I remember when like a couple of years ago like I would feel ashamed to tell somebody that I met my partner on Instagram like I was like I would make up lies like oh yeah, yeah I'm like at a party but really he met from Instagram but like it's so interesting with like the pandemic and the whole change in technology it's now normalized to actually meet your partner on Instagram like I don't feel that fear to tell people anymore like yeah. you know like I once did so um yeah everyone's meeting people from Instagram and it's I think it's cool too because Insta there's a lot of like opportunity for you to get to know somebody informally before actually even engaging in a conversation with them you know like you can go on someone's Insta profile and be like oh like you know they're into travel they're into like um you know self-improvement they're into like art and I'm also into art so like I like it you know like a couple pictures like engage you know like informal conversation in the dm and you can like have that little like informal convo before you decide to like say hey like i want to engage in a date with you or whatever so mm -hmm. i like like that instagram gives you that opportunity to engage with someone in different ways before you actually like pursue them or like take that opportunity to pursue them i like that oh, that's so real i think um yeah just there's i think just in general there's a stigma when when comes to different like platforms whether it be Instagram I do agree though I think with the pandemic and everything it's gotten a lot better I think dating apps there might be even just like there's that stigma around it um, mm -hmm. just in terms of I don't know if it's like just culturally like I don't know like to be real when I'm on it I'm like those are just some white boys like I really don't yeah. know what they want from me because <laughs> I'm, I'm like well white boys like me like this is I don't know I don't know what we have in common. It's like super, like, I don't know. And it's like, I don't know if I'm being fetishized on there. Like a lot of times, like, yeah. you know, you don't get to know, like, in, this is why I like Instagram because you get to feel out a guy's vibe on Instagram more than on a dating app. Like, you know, like you don't know if you're being fetishized by a guy or if they're like purposely on there swiping for black women or like women of color. Yeah. So it's just like, it's awkward. Like I like Instagram. I get to like really like psychoanalyze people more and I don't know if you've noticed but like I don't know if it's like in the pandemic or something but I was speaking to my girl about how much like 
a lot of people's lives exist in the Insta story. Like, I feel like I don't even like scroll anymore. Like I'm in people's stories, like, and people use your stories as a means to get to know yeah. you. And yeah. people start to analyze your stories. Like people look at like down to like, you know, I remember I was like flirting with this guy, like after I just got him out of my past relationship and he was like, Oh, like, you know, I didn't want to approach you because I saw that you were away with your, your ex-partner and I and I'm like how did you know and they're like I saw the shoes in the background and I'm like they're like looking for the shoes like to see like who I'm with so I'm like yeah people just even to the point of like all these like memes and stuff about fake accounts people making fake profiles to like really get an inside scoop of what you're doing and I'm like oh my goodness it's crazy how much we use people's insta stories to kind of give you a snapshot about what they're doing at the time and like who they're who they're into you know people read the memes that you repost and be like oh she's still with that guy like I'm like it's crazy to me like how much people use insta to get to know you and uh, that is so interesting and you know what I think that even goes into what we were saying about how the new norms for dating are kind of just being developed now yeah um just from like what is okay what isn't okay I was talking about this with my boys like the whole like the just even how we communicate is through social media like language so like liking pictures that literally like if I like more than one of your pictures and I'm not following you chances are I'm telepathically telling you like you know I'm at least attracted to you yeah and that is very much like a language and you can't be ignorant to it anymore where people used to be like oh I just liked her pictures it's like no like come on now we know what that implies, you know. Yeah, exactly. Even um, like other kind of like informal language on Instagram mm-hmm. is like somebody that watches your story like really quickly. Like you think that assume that you make the assumption that that person really likes you or they're like into you because they're looking so quickly. But then I challenge that notion. I'm like, it's the algorithm. The algorithm has you right up there at the top. So I click it because you're the first person on my story reel, not because I like you, but like little things like that. Like, you know, you even see the memes around that, like, you know, girls be watching my story the first time or like whatever, like they're the first person to view my story, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's honestly crazy. Like, yeah amount of pictures you like defines how much you like someone how quick you watch their story you know um like even if you put them in your close friends list like I've had guys that I put them in my close friends they're like oh so I'm in your close friends and I'm like do you feel special like so funny you know like people get from things you do on insta and it's Mm -hmm. it's so true and it it it's really interesting like and I feel like another one would be like um, posting your significant other or not, you know, or commenting or not. Like I have guys who will comment on every picture, but in my DMs and never on the post. And I'm like, like what? Like, they don't get it. <laughs> yeah, trust me. Yeah. And I've had guys too that use the comment section as a means to like, I guess define their place in my life and make it public. Also, be like, put like the the lock thing yeah. on my face, like, like say with the heart, or like ha ha ha, so funny when we talked about that last night at the house, and I'm like, get off my picture, like I'm deleting it, like. Okay. <laughs> 
people are watching. So it's so funny how guys try to use that as a means to even like, like tell other people that they're claiming you, you know? And yeah, you're, you have to be mindful of how you even comment on people's pictures too. It's like, if you're talking to someone, should you like come with a, a million hearts on their page, like bae, or should you not? Like, are we there yet type thing? So it's honestly it's so funny. Like just the way people navigate Instagram now. It's wow. What a that is hilarious. That is so funny. I and it's so like unconscious now, but it is very much part of like dating. It's very much part of navigating like when is it too soon? When is it not? Like, is it big? Am I doing the most? Like, do I reel it back? Like there's so much to like one thing about like women, a lot of women do and now men too, I feel is um they'll half claim you. So like you'll get the dinner with the arm and I used to do that all the time like the dinner with the man's hand and whatever you know like the I dinner with Kelly for like two years yeah, I did that I was in a relationship with a guy for two years never once like put his face oh, yeah his arm like they would just know it's the arm with the tattoos like so they they would know I'm with somebody but couldn't claim fully and that was a little bit out of my fear right like I'm like I don't want to claim and then I find out my man is somebody else's man. Like, no, so I'm not doing that. So it's literally yeah. my rationality too, which is so yeah. crazy. Cause it's like, it's just so crazy. But uh, I, for the longest time, thought like that in the sense that like, oh, like it's private. No, I don't want to put my business out there. You know, at least they know, like, you know, they know I have a man as long as I'm acting like I'm not single, but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, like, I don't think twice when I'm posting really close friends, you know, yeah. but I don't think twice when I'm posting, like, like, relevant things in my life, and if this is my partner, they're probably just as relevant as any of those things, so why is that one aspect not being posted organically, just for the fear that it's not gonna last, like, all of those things might not last, so exactly. it, it it's so, like, I don't know it's weird but like I'm getting to a point where I want to be in a relationship where it's just organic and I'm not thinking in that too deep but honestly like I wanted to talk about this with you like you know like where like the toxic um like the toxic education around dating that people like unconsciously pick up through like interacting with Instagram memes, like Justin L, oh. Justin a boy or Justin LA boy. And like, I had to unfollow him because I noticed like how much I was internalizing a lot of his posts. And then you go to the comments. So if you resonate with one of the memes, you usually go back to the comments and you get to see how everyone else thinks about those memes. And that validates or like invalidates your own experience. And then, yeah, like a lot of the times they'll be like, oh, um, you know, you post your man and then you find out that your man is somebody else's man. So be careful who you post. So you're like, okay, so I'm not going to post because I don't want to find out that I'm sharing, sharing a guy and stuff. So it's like, a lot of these like um, toxic kind of posts like guide how people operate on Instagram because like now we're all living in a state of fear because we're all sitting there internalizing what Justin L.A. boy has to say about how to date. And yeah, even though his memes and stuff are super funny and I love them, like I can't follow him. Like I can't put myself into that situation where I'm like con constantly like exposed to toxicity. Yes. If I want to like pop in just to see, like have a quick laugh, then yes. I will do that. But I can't be like 
constantly interacting that way, that's not going to help me like evolve my mindset. It's going to keep me in a place of like, I don't know, limited thinking around dating. And I don't want that. I love that so much. And we're actually very similar. This is like really, this is crazy. So literally I wasn't last week. I think it was like two weeks ago. I had this exact conversation with my therapist and I literally brought up Justin LaBoy, whatever his name is, as my example. I was like, yeah, so I follow these accounts. They're so funny. But all this work I'm doing in therapy about unlearning trauma and unlearning, you know, fear when it comes to relationships and trusting and not having these narratives that I've created out of, you know, trauma is just reinforced when I'm on social media. Like it's constantly reinforced of fears of, you know, infidelity, fears of, you know, um, just how to navigate dating and that very much that goes back to like the 48 laws of power of like dating but as a game like who's gonna win and that is so reinforced through the like content on social media and I think like this conversation is reinforcing that I need to go and unfollow because I really like I think it is hindering my growth. Like, why am I doing all this work outside, like going to therapy, doing all these things when subconsciously I'm still consuming this information? It's like going to the gym, but still eating McDonald's. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I honestly, like, I worry about like the younger generation coming through, like the 19 year old, 20 year olds, the like early 20 year olds and stuff. Cause it's like, they're not even like at a point I feel like of awareness to make that decision to like filter out Justin LaBoy's content. Like they're not there sitting and saying, Oh, this is toxic. Let me not repost this. Let me not engage with this content. They're still very young. So they're, they're like immediate or initial understanding of dating is Justin, Justin LaBoy, which is like so toxic, you know, like they're, jumping into dating their first experiences with men they're like I already don't trust them which is like awful you know like at least we had the opportunity to like navigate dating without all these outside influences and toxic influences about you know trust issues and like you know men having multiple women and you know women like only like talking to you for the money that you have Mm -hmm. and all these these toxic narratives like we got we got to kind of go in with a clean slate Mm -hmm. and even though we most of us came out being hurt and damaged regardless because we went in and you know we learned and we failed and whatever it's like those like younger like that younger generation is already going in with on the defensive because of like um that those toxic like the toxic content stuff on insta so i mean it kind of it kind of now like makes our work even all the more important right because like we have to be the one to challenge that narrative yeah. as it's happening, right? So not only are we like, you know, trying to educate others about like mental health and like relationship education and dating education, we're trying to also challenge what's already out there, which makes it even more difficult, right? And those young people now haven't, they have the choice to make a decision. Like, are they gonna go for the Justin LaVoy um like techniques or like understandings of relationship or are they going to go for like the healthier one like they have a choice of who who they decide to follow right and it just sucks because toxic toxicity sells more like oh yeah it's so attractive sells more it's more interesting like even when I do the content 
on my page, like I feel like I subconsciously frame it in a toxic way, but yeah. I still try to have a positive outcome. Like yesterday I spoke about what are your toxic toxic habits or toxic traits, but I try to make it like, how are you fixing them kind of thing. But like, still I have to have that toxic buzzword because that's what's kind of flowing around in Instagram. If I sit there and I make a, like a conversation, like, um, how do you love? Or like, what, what are your expectations in love? Nobody wants to engage with that. But if I say like, what was your most toxic experience? Everyone's like, wow, like, you know, coming in with all these toxic experiences. So yeah toxicity sells dark psychology sells like I remember I was talking to my girl about like what my like my direction for pillow talk and she was like girl like do the dark psychology like talk about how to get the man wrapped around the finger like she's like she's like that's what sells like that's whatever and I'm like but I don't want to like keep myself into that mindset. Like I need to elevate my own mindset. Maybe I'll do like little like seminars of like dark, dark psychology or like, you know, we go on like a deep instruction about 48 laws of power or like, you know, art of seduction, but I don't want my whole pillow talk to be based around like toxic approaches to relationships, you know? So, um, yeah, like, yeah. Negative toxic, toxic relationship type vibes definitely sell more than, so much more like if I literally titled like a podcast like how to be like future like everyone would tune in or wow Lori Harvey's goals everyone would tune in you know and it's like I get it like I get it um but I also don't want to reinforce like you said that narrative is I is not the one I want yeah it's not sustainable it doesn't make me happy and just to touch on something you said I had to write it down so I didn't forget but in terms of just narratives in general I'm the biggest believer in your subconscious your narratives about the world mirror what you actually will get from from your experiences in life so if you automatically think everyone is trash you're only going to attract trash people if you think all men cheat you're always going to attract men that aren't um disloyal and I genuinely believe that because now you're telling the universe this is all I believe exists so they're gonna be like all right bet this is what you're gonna get um and then that's kind of what the generation before us might reproduce because they're gonna genuinely think okay well this is what love and relationships look like so I'm just gonna reproduce this where I think in our case because we know as people we're not like that I believe in love because I exist I believe in healthy um healing and coping um, relationships and um, just bonding based off of like a healthy like platform because of how I am you know Um, so I think that's really important because we are the example that we can refer to when it comes to that therefore I know other people like me must exist like it's it would be so ignorant for me to be like you know all, all people are like this. Even when my boys talk about girls, they'll be like, yeah, you know, like, all pretty girls want is a man who has money, and that's it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No. Yeah, it's, it's huh? interesting, because men have the same narrative as we do. So it's like, well, not we as all girls, but like, yeah, I, like, I was so intrigued to find that men had that kind of like, 
idea that like pretty girls are all toxic pretty girls are cheaters pretty girls will just use and lie to you and I'm like what like I'm not like that so which girls are you talking about but it's the same narrative that women have towards like fuck boys like fuck boys like they're gonna cheat they're gonna have multiple women da 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 but it's like that's only like I think what people need to realize is like fuck boys and like those um toxic type city girl type vibe people are only one subgroup of a whole plethora of men and women out there and it's like that's what's being highlighted that's what's being shown on social media that's what's being shown on television popular media um so people kind of think that that's how everyone is and even I was in that mindset too it's because I was only talking to fuck boys that's why I believed all men were like fuck boys like I was like but if I actually took the moment to challenge myself to date someone outside of the norm that I'm used to, mm-hmm. I realized, wow, there's like a whole set of guys that are, they don't have those type of vibes. Like they have like honest vibes. They want, they want one woman, they want a family, they want to get married. But it's like, if you have those, like, um, like if you have that tunnel vision towards yeah. boys or those bad bitches, then that's what you're going to get. And it's like literally what you said, like if you, believe it you kind of manifest it into your life and yeah yeah because then it I'm just thinking of an example like I know a lot of men who say that are also the same men who define their masculinity by the amount of money they make right so if you start defining yourself by money that you make therefore everyone around you will define you by that therefore you will only attract women Mm -hmm. that value and reinforce that so therefore that's what you will be attracted to Um, so yeah and it it, honestly like it's so easy to say because I'm here like I don't want any of those guys but that's what I've been attracted to for so long so now shifting it I'm like how can I still be attracted to someone it's gonna sound messed up that's good for me like Mm -hmm. that has been the biggest challenge is finding someone who's healthy for me but I'm also attracted to Um, yeah that is so yeah that's I even had this kind of conversation about like you know the future versus Russell Russell type thing where it was like um women don't want Russell they want a future they can turn into Russell and this guy kind of like he posed the question he's like if future which is the most desired type guy let's say if future was Russell like if future had the Russell vibes would he still be future would he still be that mac that guy that everyone's attracted to and i'm like no like it's literally not the appearance it's the persona that you put on so like i i tell guys this it's like future if he put on if he had the russell wilson what's the name russell wilson if future had the russell wilson type vibe he would no longer be future he'd be the cornball that nobody wants it's because future is that boss that guy that you know he could have any woman he wants he's the rapper he's cool he's swaggy that is what attracts the woman but that same guy that has all that swag and whatever that fuckboy mentality if that guy switches his personality for one day and he, he becomes the lover he becomes the you know the person that communicates and is like open and accepting and whatever like girls would be like oh, too corny too soft I hate myself for that <laughs> yeah, it's so sad it's so sad that it's like it's not like it's not even the the guy it's more so like the personality he portrays and guys have internalized that now like I I have a, a guy 
best friend that has told me like he what he used to be a fuck boy whatever and he changed for this one woman like he invested so much into her he bought her all these gifts like he was so present with her communicating with her and all that and he's like yeah I could see a future with this girl and the girl was like um I don't know if I can like do it like I need some time I need some space like she was backing up and he's like what the hell like I thought like if I put on this good guy persona let me try it like she would be more into him but like he said he's like it's just so sad because I know that if I had that future fuckboy type vibe she probably would still be into me like it's the very fact that I changed my vibe to be this nice guy that makes her not like me I could be the fuckboy too and I chose not to be that because I wanted to give more to this woman and she and in the end it bit me in the ass so like what do you think that guy's going to do in his future relationship he's gonna go back to the fuckboy because that's what gets him the girl and same thing for women too like I in my own experience with dating when I was 17 I was that nurturing loving girl that was like overextending for the man like listening to him being his confidant all that and I thought like obviously if you love someone they're gonna love you back no what I realized was that that guy was cheating on me with the girl that was the toxic you know with him blah, blah blah that's the girl he was running after crying over like obsessed with like into her all of that he wasn't into me the one that was nurturing and loving loving him he was into the girl that was toxic to him so when you see that you're like like that's how I that was where my toxic mentality came from because I'm like so he loves the girl that's toxic so I'm gonna be the girl that's toxic then yeah. Like, you know, let me be the one that is emotionally distant, that's a little bit confused, that is not all into the relationship, that's a little bit fearful, that is, you know, cusses him out when he does whatever, because that's what guys like, yep. right? So you start to perform that because obviously you want to get the male attention or the female attention. So you're like, what brings it out? Toxicity is what brings attraction, it seems like, in our current dating world. So people will start to operate in that way. And it's just, it's just sad, you know? One thing I want to do, like, I kind of want to do, like, a challenge or something. I don't know how I'm going to frame it, yeah. but, like, I want to challenge people to, to like, um, put themselves out of their comfort zone. So if they're a person that normally attracts and is into toxic partners, I want to just tell people, like, if you're currently dating, accept someone in your life that is totally different than what you're used to. So if you're used to guys that are emotionally distant, that are swaggy and cool and get lots of female attention, go with the guy that's more quiet, more reserved, communicative, open, whatever. Like even if he's not like a solid 10 in the face, like he's an eight, he's a seven, you know, go into it. Like experience it, push yourself in that uncomfortable situation, even though he's the nice guy that you're not used to. Put yourself in that situation and just try to feel it out. And like even though it might be like, oh, you're so bored of this guy, like he's too easy, whatever, still push yourself forward, still make your, like, try to create instances where you are attracted to him, like get to know him and, you know, put yourself in that situation because I think that is the only thing that will help challenge your attachment to those toxic relationships is if you put yourself in a situation where the guy is not toxic or the woman is not toxic and then you allow yourself that time to actually get to know them so that you can like them because a lot of women don't even allow themselves to meet or engage in a first date with a nice guy they're like he's already corny he's too like into me don't want it but I'm like no put yourself in that situation go on the date with the guy that you're not used to 
and like allow him the chance to get to know you and you might actually like him and that's that's usually like the only way I think to challenge it is to like put yourself in that situation mm-hmm. right yeah. like my therapist had actually told me that she's like you give so many chances to these fuckboy guys that are like all they have is that mac that swag that like mm-hmm. you know that dominant like gravitating personality and they're missing all of those like important key things that you're looking for they're missing the communication skill they're missing the emotional intelligence they're missing like you know the inquisitive mind but because they have that mac you go into it he's like she's like have you ever thought of like what if you gave a guy a chance that didn't have that mac and that swagger but he had that communication Mm -hmm. skill he had the emotional intelligence what if you gave those guys a chance and just gave it some time do you think you could build the attraction over time you know do you think like if you gave that guy like let me give him a month to just see if I'm into him do you think you could build that attraction over time why are you giving these guys that don't check any of your non-negotiables a chance when there's guys that do check the non-negotiables and you're not even giving them a chance because they don't have the swag yeah like come on like you know like that is so real yeah I was like no I need to do better for myself so I'm like yeah I I I put myself in a situation where I was like yeah I want I want the guy that checks those three Mm -hmm. non-negotiables and mine are like communication skills like you know ability to hold a deep conversation like something that's deeper than surface level and like emotional intelligence like those are like my three most um like important traits I think in a partner and I put myself in situations where I was like let me just give those guys a chance even though they look corny on the outside like let's see maybe I will develop the feelings and that sexual attraction to him Mm -hmm. after because of the very fact that he has those non-negotiables that's true that's so true and you know what I also think like from an attraction perspective I think there's still someone you can find attractive but getting to know them will make them more attractive um, yeah, and they can possess like I, and this is just me hold, holding on to this, but I still think you can have, because I'm very attracted to a hyper dominant man. Like I mm-hmm. love dominance. I love a guy who walks in a room and you just feel the energy shift. Like that might be the lingering toxic, um, like what I was taught was masculinity, but you know, obviously that is what I gravitate towards. But I still think you can find someone who has aspects of that yeah but who they are is you know has that um emotional intelligence has done you know the work um Mm -hmm. self-aware you know has vulnerability has humility um you know all that without being consumed by ego and all that stuff I I really I think there could be a balance just like I was saying like we are the example of like a woman who can find balance between nurturance but still not being but still being independent and doesn't necessarily need to um, need a man at all Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's important too because I definitely I definitely still have to work on that of being like I'm definitely the girl who like here's my heart I will take care of you I will make you so much better life will be great Mm -hmm. you know but like you said I'll look at these guys and I'll be like wait why is the crazy toxic girl who literally slashed your tires the one you're crying over like I really don't even understand (laughs) like make it make sense it's the same thing with us it's like why why are we 
pushing away all the nice guys and we're choosing the toxic ones instead that don't even yeah. want to give us a call or doesn't yeah. want to answer the phone because he's with next girls like yeah. why is that you know and it, it's just it's perplexing to all the nice people out there nice guys and nice girls because they're like I just want to love you but you play like you playing games and stuff but you said something about um you know you being attracted to that like dom that dominance that like you know, that like Mac type vibe and whatever. And I think a lot of women are attracted to that. And that's why they kind of like navigate away from the nice guys, because I feel like the nice guys, like they're the ones that come with the communication skills and the listening and the empathy and the love and all that. And it's like, it's sad because we equate all of those like amazing traits with femininity. And I think if you look at it on an energy perspective, it's like two feminine energies mm -hmm. Go. It's usually you need polarity, like you need a masculine with a feminine, right? So I think that's why, like, like there's a book I want to recommend to you. It's called Intimate Communion. I could send it to you after. Mm. Um, so it's by David Dieta, and he talks about this idea of sexual polarity. Like, um, a strong dominant man usually needs, or sorry, a strong masculine man or masculine energy it doesn't have to be a man. A strong masculine energy usually needs to be balanced out by a strong feminine energy. So even if the woman is the more masculine one, she usually will gravitate to a man. This is like heterosexual relationships, by the way. But like, mm -hmm. if even if the woman in the dynamic is the masculine um, energy, she usually will gravitate to a man that is more feminine, you know, and mm -hmm. vice versa. Like the man, um, the more masculine male will mm -hmm. usually want the more feminine female right um and it's like if you get into a a dynamic where you're both very masculine you'll find yourself butting heads arguing a lot so you know like in conflict all the time if you go in a dynamic where there's both feminine energy it's just going to be too emotional like there's not going to be any structure any like you know leadership it's just going to be like like you know you guys are both going to be complaining and being upset and like being in your feelings and there's not going to be that like sexual polarity as they mention it so that book is really worth listening um reading sorry it's like a really good book and it just kind of talks about like energy and um, why we attract certain partners and why why like a lot of women would naturally want to go with the dominant man because he has that masculinity that will allow us to fall into our feminine energy, mm -hmm. right? A lot of women are performing this like masculine type vibe. Like we're performing this masculine, um, we have this masculine cloak on us when deep inside we want to be the feminine. Like we want to be like, baby, like wherever you want to go. Like, do you want me to cook you the meal? Do you want me to do this? Let me massage your back. But because I feel like a lot of us are in the state of like fear or like uncomfortability with men, we have to put on this like masculine persona in order to protect ourselves. Like mm. I'm the independent woman. I don't need a man. Like I got my stuff on my own, but deep down inside we want to be the feminine. So that's why we're still attracted to the masculine energy because we need the man that's like the strong masculine so that we can fall and feel comfortable in our femininity right um here's another book i have it here so i don't know if you read this one the will to change by bell hooks but this one's really good and it talks about like how patriarchal society um like or how patriarchal patriarchal society kind of like um 
defines what it means to be masculine or sorry what it means to be a man and it like defines masculinity masculinity in this very limited way so like in order to be defined or respected as a man you need to be aggressive you need to be dominant you need to be controlling you need to be the leader of the household and it kind of alienates like a lot of men in this population because if you don't adhere to that type of definition of masculinity then you are usually you get the shit end of the stick, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not the aggressive, not the controlling, not the man that's going to protect and provide for your woman, then you're at the bottom of the barrel. Nobody wants you. So men are kind of in this conflictual position where they're like, if I want to get a woman, I have to perform these things. I have to be the guy that has money. I have to have the Mac. I have to be the confident boss type guy. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I'm not going to get women. And I, I really like this book because they even talk about how us as women we perpetuate the toxic masculinity like we think that it's men that are out here performing this toxic masculinity we're like if we only nurture them more then they could really be like you know men that are more like in touch with their their emotions and stuff but no it's like we are the ones that are out here saying no I'm only going to talk to the man that's the high masculine guy that's going to defend me if another man touches me type vibe so we're the ones that are perpetuating it and expecting it and putting them these men in a situation where they have no choice but to perform the toxic masculinity in order to get our attention like this book asks women she asks like the the author is like a feminist um but she calls herself a visionary feminist which is so powerful right she challenges like old feminist ways of thinking but she asks women like like do you love men again heterosexual very heterosexual Mm -hmm. like um stand stance in this book but she's like do women love men just for simply being or do they love men only for the fact that they're performing in their masculine role like Mm -hmm. why is that women only seem to praise and respect and love men when they exemplify emotions of anger but it's like any other emotion, like if he's showing vulnerability or if that man cries, women are like, mm, oh, I, like, oh, I, feel I don't want the tears. But like, if he's the angry guy, like, you know, you know, you touched my girl, I'm going to fight you. Like, we're like, oh, that's the man that we're looking for. That's what we like, yeah, daddy. Like, you know, we like that. But why is it that we don't celebrate our man when they're in touch with other forms of emotion right so she really urges women to really critically analyze ourselves like are we the ones that are perpetuating and creating that toxic masculinity for men based on our expectations of them you know of us defining what masculinity looks like and i was like oh my gosh like you know like she even talked about um our expectations with sex like we we assume that men are naturally supposed to be hypersexual so if we approach a man that is like suddenly like has a low sex drive or he's not really into sex he's just trying to get to know us we're like what like the man is supposed to be the dominant man that's like ripping our clothes off that are into a sexually type vibe that's what a man is a man is aggressive he goes for what he wants so if you get the submissive man you're like "Mm, he's too feminine for me not into it right so it's just kind of like Honestly, that book and an intimate communion you have to read. Like okay. it's just I'm reading very interesting to read for me. On Amazon after and order these. Cause I think like literally what you said is so spot on. Like this is literally to my core something I need to work on. Yeah. Um, because I know this literally is me, like you're describing me, but it's like, now what? You know, like what can I do to change these things? 
Um, yeah. Because it's so deeply ingrained in like how I see the world, how I even just feel people, right? Like their energies and stuff. So um, yeah. I think it, it comes with obviously like self-awareness, but mm-hmm. putting myself in those situations where there might be a counter example that still has potential, but can show me that, yeah, like sometimes someone who has a mixture of both energies can still be attractive and long-term fulfilling. Um, I think that's definitely an approach. I really like that. I really, really like that. Yeah. And honestly, the book, what makes it even more interesting is that it, it kind of like references the social context that has influenced our, um, our tendency to like define men in this toxic way you know like mm-hmm. it didn't just stem from nowhere like our ideas about what a mass a man looks like mm-hmm. didn't just stem from us saying like oh, I'm just automatically attracted to like dominant aggressive men like it's rooted in patriarchy because of the system that upholds men like on a social context you know like in society, men were the initial breadwinners. They were the one that took in and, and were in charge of the household. Then that filtered into media where you see like, you know, representations on media about men being like that man that dominates the household. So everything that we're exposed to tells us that men are supposed to be aggressive, dominant, like leading leadership, um, I guess like leader leaders in the household type things. So we have no, we kind of had no choice but to internalize that narrative. So now we kind of have to now challenge that narrative and think differently about these things. So I love that. Oh my God. I love this combo. I'm like learning so much. Uh, I literally, I'm about to go order like three bucks after this. You have to, like, if I was going to say which one to start with, I would say, um, start with the will to change like I feel like this one like they're they're not even related in books but they both talk about kind of like masculinity femininity type things so I would start with this because it gets to the root cause like you know looks at like um toxic masculinity as it relates to the social context so you get that and Mm -hmm. then you can go into like how different energies masculine and feminine energies clash like um, the David Vieta book, the Intimate Canyon one is great because mm. it talks about like that sexual polarity, like masculine and feminine energy, how those usually attract, like opposites attract. But it also talks about how two masculine energies will, you know, usually repel and two feminine energies will usually repel. And like, honestly, really good book too. So <laughs> there's yeah. um, a book that I ordered too. It's, I'm just searching. It's called Communion by Bell Hooks as well. I don't know if you read that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard about that one. That was going to be one of, like, my next one. Yeah, and so I have to read. I have so many books I have to read, but, wow. Honestly, yeah, this is great. I might pick your brain beyond this podcast because I feel like this is so relevant to just the work that I want to do with my life. And I just like these combos. Um, is there anything about dating, dating in a pandemic that you wanted to address before we wrap up? um hmm. dating in a pandemic well what are your views on dating in a pandemic oh. <laughs> um honestly I sincerely think like we can't we just have to take what is 
happening in our lives and just go with it because we really don't know what's going to happen. So if this is like, like, for instance, like, if this is the norm for the next five years, I'm not going to be like, okay, well, I'll wait till this is over because exactly. you know what I mean? So I just have to learn to adapt. And I think as humans, we're adaptive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really like my thing is just learning to adapt, but also taking the time alone to really like get to know myself and really get to know like what I want, what I don't want. And like, what work can I do? Because literally, like you said, like, what I'm attracted to or have been attracted to is not serving me anymore. You know, what I want isn't necessarily what I need. So kind of realigning that. But I also believe you can't grow beyond a certain limit if you aren't actively like applying these lessons or applying this so that you can be like, oh, maybe I thought this part of me was, you know, healed, but it's not. Or, you know, just trial and error. Yeah, and I think, like you said, the creativity part, I think, is dope. I think um, one other thing I wanted to mention was um, my biggest thing for relationships moving forward is having a friendship. And I think sometimes that helps with the whole, like, not automatically assuming you're not attracted to them. Because when you really get to know someone, the type of love you have for them and the type of respect and admiration you have for someone is different than just like from a superficial level because before it was like oh I think you're cute cute all right we're gonna talk you know it's like that automatic like lustful attraction I don't really want lustful relationships I want a partnership so if it can be based off of a friendship or something more uh, meaningful I can see myself developing like you know an attraction to them later on um that would be my ultimate goal um and I think even in meeting people I love when a friend vouches for someone else, like, you know, like, oh, I really feel like you and this person would get along, like, you know, and it, it really doesn't always have to go anywhere, but I just like the idea of, like, someone who knows you, knowing someone else, and then just, like, setting y'all up, I think that's always cute, because there's always that level of, like, well, at least I know this human knows you, so it gives me comfort in that um yeah like that's kind of where I'm at with seeing it where where I'm at with how I'm navigating (laughs) that's how I feel (laughs) I feel like I um like I like dating and stuff but in terms of like making the relationship like a committed relationship where we are um not to say exclusive but we are like claiming each other's boyfriend and girlfriend Mm -hmm. um feel a little bit fearful towards that because I have like because of the fact that like um I'm nervous about the the change from pandemic back to norm normal life right are you gonna still be into me is the vibe gonna still be the same after that switch back to normal normal life because I feel that a lot of people that are dating right now like they have all these feelings and they think they're in love and they're like oh my gosh like I love your vibe love chilling but once like the parties open back up once the you know the restaurants go back up and you're now exposed to all those stimuli like beautiful women hot men at the parties like are you still going to be into that partner that you were you know just chilling with on the on the ones for the whole um pandemic like are you going to still be into them um Mm -hmm. Because obviously it's not hard for people to be like into one person right now because you're not seeing all like 
you know, all the other options yeah. out there. You could be outside. What do you be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want a hot girl summer. <laughs> in terms of like, like obviously if the pandemic like stretched five years, like things would be different. Like I wouldn't be saying this, but I'm hoping that like in this next year, the pandemic will end because I kind of want to like take the pandemic time to get to know somebody. And then once we're back into normal life, like keep talking to them, see if the vibes change. Like I don't want the vibes to change with, with the pandemic ending. Like I need to know that you still like me. You still are into me. The vibe is still the same. We weren't just using each other as void fillers during the quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. You were just my quarantine bay. Like, are you going to be the real bay? So I'm not trying to claim anyone like officially as their like my boyfriend, boyfriend, but um, like until after the pandemic, but yeah, I think it's still a great opportunity to get to know somebody mm-hmm. and then you got to wait for that switch. Right. Um, like one step will do that. Are you still into me? Am I still into you? You never know. Right. right. That's so true. That's a good, that's actually a really good point. Um, like all that because end of the day right now we're all quote-unquote comfortable in this like restraint space but the second we outside we outside like the world's about to go crazy so I also do fear that a little bit but I guess to each like each this each situation is different um so I I really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much again um I wanted to end off I always end off with a small joy of the week so anything that's kind of brought you joy peace or happiness this week um joy is <laughs> finally finishing this essay tonight like I've been literally this essay that I've been working on um has put me through so much stress over the last couple of weeks to the point where I've been getting back pain and like just mental stress because like I just feel like my mind is so overloaded like I spend so much of the day thinking like I had to really get to the root of my procrastination and I was like it's because I spend so much time thinking like I'm in like I'm doing like my teacher program so in the morning I'm in the actual classroom teaching the kids which requires my thought then I have lectures which which requires critical thinking. Then I come home and do pillow talk, which requires me to think deeply about relationships and dating. Then I have to do readings, which requires me to critically analyze the reading. And then on top of that, I have to engage with my essay. So like my brain is honestly fried, but tonight is the last night that I'm gonna be doing this essay. It's gonna be handed in before like 11.59. So I'm just happy to kind of get that off my plate, get it accomplished and just now like look forward to like doing other things that I want to do so I'm kind of excited for the next three hours just to get that done oh gosh. okay yes we won't keep you much longer I love this um I'm trying to think of mine honestly I think the sun the sun being out um and the new Starbucks drink that just came out it's the brown sugar uh oh latte or something like that it's so good I highly recommend I feel like that just made my day like the sunshine new Starbucks drink um, and just a good night's sleep. Like I haven't, I've had sleep problems forever. So the last couple of weeks have been, no, I'll say last couple of days. Let's not stretch it. I've been sleeping pretty good. So yeah. Um, but before you go, where can we find you? Where can people tune in to Pillow Talk? So everyone can definitely tune into Pillow Talk uh, on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at the Sherry with an I on top. So at 
the sherry on top. Um, and I have conversations Mondays and Thursday evenings on my Insta story. And you can actually just follow me to get dating and relationship tips um, a couple of times a week. So I usually post reels and stuff. So, yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And you guys already know you can follow us at Call Me Crazy Pod. Tune in on Sundays and Tuesdays on Key Radio, where we air otherwise all streaming platforms. And you can follow me at Be For Real. And we'll see y'all next week. Name one genius that ain't crazy. Name one genius that ain't crazy.